0: Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast. We're calling this season Own Your Happy as we dive into practical ways to make room for happy in our hearts and in our homes. The desire for happy is in the heart of every human, and the desire for our kids to be happy is most definitely in the heart of every single mom. Together this season, we're gonna embrace the responsibility to make room for happy in our lives. And we're gonna empower our kids to embrace the responsibility for their happy as well. We'll learn all about a fearless mindset, internal locus of control, and resilience. What those words mean, why they're important for us to understand, and how to equip our kids with all of them. We'll talk about laughter, of course, as well. It is our theme verse after all. Proverbs 31:25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future the 2023 Fearless Mom Conference, I had the opportunity to interview my friend Cindy Thomas. I love that we get to have her voice speak into Fearless Mom. I'm going to share that interview today on our podcast because I believe that her words, her words of hope and healing are good for so many. Cindy has an extraordinary husband and marriage and a son who is now married and now she has a grandbaby she has an incredible story and she shares her grief and her loss of two two pregnancies she was you know pretty well on in her pregnancies with both she shares the story with such grace and such hope That I feel like it benefits all of us, whether you have experienced a miscarriage or a pregnancy loss or not, everyone benefits from hearing her story. And I think part of what makes her story so great is that she also tells us how we can encourage others who are navigating grief even if we haven't experienced it ourselves. So take a listen. I know that you are going to enjoy Cindy as much as I do. Now, I will give you a heads up. Cindy, during this interview, had lost her voice. And so I'll have her back on so that you can hear full Cindy. This is Cindy when she's struggling with her voice. But I'm telling you, you can still hear her joy, her peace and her hope. I hope you enjoy it. I know you will. Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are so excited to have Cindy Thomas with us. Cindy Cindy is a mom, she is a wife, she's a pastor, she is an exceptional speaker. She's one of the funniest people, one of the funniest people that I know. And so, Cindy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family?
1: Okay, so usually I have a very, very strong voice, but I'm not gonna be stopped tonight, so pay attention. I am 100% Puerto Rican. That means I speak Spanish. And I'm trying to work out the whole English thing. You've done a great job. The first time I met my mother-in-law, who still has the Ph.D., the Pentecostal hairdo. (laughs) Um, Back in the early 90s, I said, sup, at the dinner table. I'm a Puerto Rican girl learning English from the people around me. They all said, so. So she was not happy. She, she's like, oh, honey, we don't say that word. <laughs> I'm so
0: glad that, that somebody told you that.
1: But she loves me. She loves me. So my husband and I pastor in Lakeland, Florida, in the central part of the state. And we have a beautiful family there, uh, a church family. And then our family, I married a white guy. I married a gringo. So, the Puerto Rican with the Gringo, we had a Gringo Rican, and we have a son named Caleb, and I think they have a picture. And then our son uh, brought my favorite person into my life, my daughter in law, Elizabeth. So, now together, that is our family. And as you see in the picture, he's very handsome. My son didn't grow very tall, but he grew wide. You know what I'm saying? He has big muscles, but what you don't see in the pictures that they're showing you is that I also had a son named Isaiah, and I had a daughter named Gabriela, and I'm not going to show you pictures because it will break your heart because they were born, but they were not compatible with life, so I was able to birth them, but they went to be with the Lord. And I don't know if you have gone through any pain or any loss. And pain is pain. You can't measure pain. You can't measure it. But there is something about losing the ability to be a mother. You know, there is a heartache and a heartbreak and a pain that is indescribable. I'm not saying that it's greater than any other pain. But it is a pain that unless you have walked through it, you can't imagine it. The same way you can't imagine loving your child before you had your... And I'm not the firstborn, I'm the youngest. So I do understand that no one gets the excitement of the firstborn. We don't get the pictures. Only the firstborn gets a picture about everything. They poop green. There's a picture to record it. (laughs) However, us younger ones, we get life a little bit easier. (laughs) For sure. So that is a reward. But there is something that you can't explain to someone unless you become a parent. There's a love that, as balanced as you think you're going to be when you're pregnant for the first time, this is going to be a balanced relationship. I'm not going to be like my mother, I'm not going to be all about my kids. And then your baby was born. And you lost your mind. And then you live a little bit and you become a grandmother. And then you really lose your mind. Oh, I,
0: I think that that's that's the, the icing on the cake.
1: Yes, it is. Because with any pain, and again, I'm coming to you talking from my experience. Because I had two miscarriages and two completely different experiences throughout those miscarriages now the son that you saw caleb the very tough good-looking gringo rican he was my first and my worst pregnancy and he lived i didn't know to pray for him i didn't know i didn't intend to be pregnant we got married my husband and i we were you know we were church kids so it's like no now we get to go places we're not having a baby right away. But my husband, he says, nothing can stop him. <laughs> I got pregnant. And we, I was bedridden for over seven months with Caleb, lost over 30 pounds. So probably about 45, 50 pounds less than what I am now. When I was seven months pregnant with my son, they said he would be brain dead. Jewelry's still out. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go ahead and vouch for Caleb. But they said all these things, and I did not know. I was not prepared. It was not planned. I didn't know how to pray. All I knew is I was sick. This is not something that I had long. I didn't have time to desire. it. I didn't have time to want it. I didn't know. And he lived, and he was healthy, and he was a miracle child. So... Fast forward five years, I get pregnant again. I get a little sick. I lose a little bit of weight. They hospitalized me. They put a center line. They puncture my lung. They're practicing medicine they didn't mean to. Now I'm drowning because they're feeding me. They didn't catch it. So in trying to save me, seven months later again, I give birth to a son that was not compatible with life. And I was shocked because for this one we pray. Because now I'm a mom. Now I know the love. Now I know what I'm. What's coming? We pray. We fasted. We had people praying. We had prayer vigils. Is that what how you say it? Like everybody prayer vigil. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's Rican. not a word we use a lot. So you're good. Okay. Okay. Good. I can say it in Spanish. But we prayed and we prayed. And when he died, I was in complete denial. And I was in an environment where you could not talk. It was church. I was married to a pastor loving. But I was in an environment. You couldn't talk about things that were not good, that they didn't work out. It didn't look good. So I went into a major depression.
0: I think we have a picture. You, you gave yeah. a picture. and You said, this
1: is a sad picture to me. I never share that picture. It is my favorite picture, and my, it is the saddest picture. Because I was mourning the son that I lost, and I was not taking care of the son that I had. And for a long time, and you, know, you learn to say the right things. I don't know if you've ever dealt with depression, but you get good at it. It's lying. You don't mean to lie. You're trying to survive it. And if somebody told you stand in your head three times, spin around, you would try to do it to get over it. There's no getting over it. And I remember my lowest point with my son. I gave him a sleeve of Ritz crackers. And I put some juice boxes out. And I went back to bed. And that was early in the morning after my husband left. And I, I'm going to get up and do all the things. I went back to bed. And my son, around 3.30 in the afternoon comes into my bedroom and he goes mommy I saved you some you need to eat Ah, now my best moment he was five and I saw his little eyes so worried about his mommy he was giving me three Ritz crackers but I know what it is to love him but I don't know how to take care of you because I'm so busy mourning and I love God now God is good, and he has people in his church family and good counselors. And I received help, and I became healthy again. And we believed, and we prayed, and we fasted. We did all the things. Anybody a checklist kind of a girl? Do I have any checklist kind of a girl? I'm going to be a good girl for Jesus. Check all the boxes, and then Jesus is going to be obligated to come through for me. Because look at me, where's my gold star? So I did all the things and we got pregnant and we were so excited. And we knew immediately that there was challenges because she was not developing lungs. And we had to fight for the doctors not to make me terminate the pregnancy. It was my choice. And I carried her to term. But when she was born, I believed till the last moment that God could do a miracle. Because I believe, I still believe that he could have. That's not the way it played out for me. But two months after she was born, my husband and I started our church. Completely different outcome. There was no depression. There was now I lost, I was sad. It still, I won't say it still sucks because we don't want to be rude, but it's still so sad. There is not a moment, a holiday, a special event that I don't think about my kids. My son, there is, you ask him, do you have any brothers and sisters? And he'll tell you till this day, I have a brother and a sister. And we have tried to tell him, buddy, what they're asking is, did you grow up with a brother and a sister? Your answer is no, I'm an only child. And he says, but I'm not an only child. Because we believe that before we were born, God knew us and there was a purpose and a destiny. And I will tell you something I don't know where you are and I don't know what you've lost, but my kids, Isaiah and Gabriella, they had a destiny, they had a purpose. They changed my life. They've changed the life of anybody that has touched me, that has come into a relationship with me. I'm a different mom. I, I know that I'm a different mom than I would have been. I have less regrets about my Gringo Rican because I was so aware how precious life was early on, not later on, early on. Because usually, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So my kids had a purpose. They had a destiny. It wasn't as long as I wanted it to be, but they had a purpose. They had a destiny. So I just want you to know, wherever you are, and I know we're going to talk about some things, what the main difference was between one child, between one loss and the next loss. What was the difference? Same person, same husband, same town. You know what I'm saying? Same. It was on the inside of me that was different. It was my mindset. It was my attitude that I'm going to hold on To my happy, no matter what, regardless of the circumstances, I am holding on to my happy. And you know what, Cindy, you share your story, but
0: you shared in a way that um, I... I don't feel pity or sorry right. for you. You speak about it. It was painful. It is painful still. But you, I knew you for years before I ever knew that about you. And I didn't think like, wow, something's weighing heavy on Cindy. Wonder what it is. You know, I never felt that way. We say, you know, you went through the fire, but you didn't smell like smoke. Mm. And you, you lead with strength and dignity, and you laugh, and you celebrate Caleb and Liz. And... You don't, you don't carry it with you. It doesn't, if, I shouldn't say it doesn't seem to be a burden because I'm certain that the pain is always there. But it is
1: not a burden. You're right, though. You're right. You know why? Because I'm in mean, that Jesus zone. The Bible says, for me, it's all about my relationship with Christ. That's where my strength comes from. That's the source for me. I don't know what it is for you, but that's for me. And I believe the Bible. The Bible says my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So whenever I start to feel super heavy and oppressed and that heaviness, I don't go looking for it, but it comes, anybody? Does it just show up? Or just just in Florida, okay? (laughs) Beware when you come. Okay, you watching, thank you. These people, no, I'm just kidding. But when it comes, I know, okay, I need to do a check. Somewhere I got out of alignment of my Jesus zone. As long as I'm in my Jesus zone. It's not that life is going to be easy. Let me tell you that. It's going to rain on all of us. But it's going to work out for all of us. That is a guarantee. And I always knew. Even in the middle of my depression. I knew I was going to be okay. I knew eventually. I knew because I, I knew God. And I love God. But I never thought I would be this Okay. And I can tell you, and I feel it, but I'm not sad. I'm not heartbroken. Yes, I have a meeting scheduled with Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit for about five years when we get to heaven. If you haven't made your appointment, go ahead and make it. I requested five years. I have a lot of questions. A lot of questions. I believe that they granted me that meeting because when I get to heaven, the Bible says all things are going to be revealed. And that when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, oh, I see it. I get it. You can cancel the meeting. I'm going to the party. Excellent.
0: Excellent. And you mentioned, too, that grief is very—it's different for everyone. And, And I think grief is personal. Grief is, it is unique to each person. I think particularly when it comes to miscarriage and pregnancy loss, I've had several friends who've experienced it. I know even I've talked to friends who, when they experience miscarriage, they're not fine with it, but they move. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to linger as heavy for them as it does their husband's. Yes. And then I've heard, I've heard both extremes. I've heard, you know, all different. I think recognizing that it's personal, recognizing that it's individual. There's no right way to grieve. There's no wrong way to grieve. You grieve in your own personal way. You got to allow yourself to go through it. But I think also, I, and I want to ask you this, and I'm, I'm jumping the gun, so I've got to ask you a couple of questions before. But I think, as someone who has not experienced it, mm. I want to know how to support a friend. And I, I have it, because you said, unless you've experienced it, you don't know. And I recognize that. And I don't want to compare any loss that I've ever experienced to your loss. And I think we have a tendency to do that as we try to understand better. And so I, I would love to hear from you what helped you. What did your friends do to help you? What did people say? Actually, my guess is you have some things that they said that did not help. Yeah, And then some things that did help, because I think that's helpful to those of us. We're all gonna know somebody if you know other moms. We're gonna know, you may experience grief yourself. You will definitely know someone else who does.
1: Yeah, I think the most difficult thing for anyone with this kind of loss or any loss, any pain, we don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. It's okay. No one does. No one does. People don't need you to do or say anything. They just need you to be. They just need you to be for them, whatever it is. I know I have friends. I've met a lot of people that have gone through miscarriages. And they do, for them, part of the healing process. They do a funeral. They do a big ceremony. I personally did not do that. Emotionally, I couldn't handle it emotionally my husband could not handle it because we were dealing with it completely differently but until we were able to communicate with the help of our pastors and counselors I was resenting him because I felt you can walk away from it and I can't you can forget about it and I can't just because we deal with it different and that's a human being thing for me I think don't try to explain it. Like even now, even though I've lived it, I can't explain it for you. Because it's different. So the moment I explain it for you, it will not make sense for me. The moment I explain it for me, and I give it the, my favorite verse in the Bible. I don't have a tattoo because I have a thing about pain. You know? So I haven't resolved that. But it's Deuteronomy. Deuteronomio 2929, the secret things belong to the Lord. That verse has set me free because I want answers. I want to know. I want everything to go back in the box where it belongs, and I want all the corners tucked in neatly. But life doesn't work that way. But that doesn't mean that your life is going to have corners out of order. It means that God in his supernatural power is going to work it out for you and for me. And And the way he does it is personal. It's intimate. So it's different. Don't try to explain it. Don't tell people God needed another angel. Really? Now, now that, it, wait, I need you to repeat that because people say that. Oh, no. And, and you got to be careful when you say things because people are in a fragile state. When I was in depression... I realized that people gave me slack. They were cutting me some slack. I could get away with things I normally probably could not get away with as a pastor's wife, dignified, you know, sanctified. Somebody told me, uh, you know, God just needed a special angel in heaven. And it was just a bad moment. Again, not my proudest. I'm just telling all my business here. And I told him, I said, really? If that's the God that we serve, then I'm changing teams. Like, now, let's go. I mean, I won't tell you what I said after that because I was not really in my Jesus zone. So that's irrelevant. Um, But I was feeling the pressure, and it just popped out. But don't say things like that. I was told, my husband and I, by a spiritual leader or somebody, you know, with great hearts, that our bloodline was too pure. Exactly. That literally does not make sense. So I said, so should I have left the church and the grace of God? I won't tell you what I said. Again, outside of my Jesus zone. Done. And then, oh, now we can have healthy children. Do you know what I'm saying? But one thing I had to learn, and I had to go back and apologize, because I said it even though, it was it was pain and unresponsible. I had to go back and apologize. Listen, humble pie will make you act right because it stinks, it's bad I don't care how you serve it. It's nasty. Nasty. So I hate humble pie. So I had to go and apologize because I realized people meant well. It came from a place of love, ignorant, but a place of love. How many times have I tried to do something right and he, it has come out all kinds of wrong? Anybody. Hmm. I want people to give me grace because I, I had the best intention and I'm so sorry that overwhelmed you, but I was really wanting to bless you, right? So the same with other people. I think listen and say nothing with my friends. I made announcements and I told my friends, if I want to talk about it, I will bring it up. The moment I change the conversation, it changes on a dime, period.
0: Guys, this year's conference was amazing, our best one yet. And if you missed it, well, first know that we missed you, but we've got you covered. On Demand is now live and giving online options for moms wherever you are. The On Demand ticket provides lifetime access to all the conference content, the main sessions, as well as the breakout videos. All of it is packed with laughter, encouragement, and practical parenting tools for moms of all ages and life stages. And if you wanna host a group of moms in your location, we can help you with that too. The post host experience provides downloadable resources for attendees as well as digital promotional materials. Check out fearlessmom.com and click on the conference tab at the top for more information on how you can get started today. That's fearlessmom.com. Guys, remember, use the discount code podcast to save 10 bucks. Now let's get back into today's episode. And so as a friend, like if I I could say to a friend, let me know when you wanna talk about it. I'm willing to talk about it with you, but I'm not gonna bring it up. I'm gonna let you bring it up. Is that okay? Or just asking, I have asked friends, what is, is it okay if I bring it up? Does that make you uncomfortable? I won't bring it up if it makes you uncomfortable. It's a, it's a scary thing, but it's a brave thing, and it's a good friend thing
1: just to ask. And I know that it aggravates you when people say, how are you doing? But not to ask you is rude. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no win. It's a horrible situation. At least you have people that are reaching out. I had to learn that at, at the time. So I'm very vocal now. I say I'm going to always err on the side of standing back because that's what I prefer for people to stand back until I call you in. That's my way. That doesn't mean that it's everybody's way. It is the best way, but it's not everybody's (laughs) way. I get it. 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 Not everybody can be me. But, But... I say it because I didn't used to say it. So people assume that I didn't care, that I forgot. Now, every now and then, I say, I send a text, hey, just want you to know, I'm thinking about you praying, no pressure to respond. I say that so much that my friends make fun of me because every single one of my texts ends, no pressure. Because I'm putting no pressure on you, but I'm not going to take pressure either. And you know, when we were
0: talking about it, you said something else I thought was so wise. You said, your response to another person's grief should match the level of your friendship. So if you, it wasn't that so great. Your response to someone else's grief should match the level and the depth of your friendship.
1: Very seldom, unless it's a God thing. I mean, very seldom, like hardly ever, you will become close to somebody in the middle of a crisis. Usually in the middle of a crisis, and again, this is personal experience. I'm not an expert in crisis, although I've been through a lot of crisis. <laughs> I think I might be an expert, but in crisis, relationships go deeper. That's, where you, that's why it's so important. Community is so important. That's why it's important to come to things like this. So you already know, you may have a a one-year-old, but when your baby needs to know about sex, you already know, "Mm, I already got a resource. You don't wait until the moment. The same with pain. It is almost inappropriate to try to bombard somebody at, at their worst time. Do you know what I'm saying? If they invite you in, Go in, but make sure you knock on somebody's door. Don't barge in because it's sensitive. They're raw. It's the worst time of their life. So for me, i pull the people that are in my in relationship closer because we all tend to isolate. It's the easiest thing. It's like breathing. You don't even have to try. It's what happens. We isolate. Walls go up. I'm gonna protect myself because everything hurts. Have you ever cut yourself? Nothing major like a paper cut. Like the breeze, the AC, oh! Like handicap, right? And it's just, but but it hurts. Have you ever stumped your toe? Do you have a toe that you stumped all the time? A particular one? I have one. You won't see it this weekend, don't look. But do you know that I've been stumping that toe? for over 20 years, and every time I heard it, it hurts like if it was the first time, because that's how pain works. I used to say, life cannot do anything to me anymore. I have buried two children, what else can it do to me? That's the stupidest thing I ever said. The most ignorant thing, because pain is gonna hurt every time, every time. Loss is loss. So for me, I do like the ABCs. Yeah, tell us about your ABCs. Like, I'm a very practical person. Do you know what I'm saying? So for me, I have to like, I have to admit that it hurts. I had to learn that I had to admit it. I did. No one is as strong as they seem. Did you hear me? No one is as strong as they seem. The stronger they seem the harder it is to ask for help. So if you have a friend that is the strong one in the group, check on them. Because usually the strong people, no one checks on them because they're carrying everybody. And we love it. And that's my role, and I love it. But we all need each other. It's a two-way street. Every healthy relationship is going to be a two way street. So, I mean, I had to allow my son to admit that it hurt him. I had to admit that my son, this has marked him. He wanted to do his first tattoo that his parents paid for at 18. <laughs> and he had a design with the names of Isaiah and Gabriella. He designed a friend of him or some guy designed a cross. Well, I forbid it. No, I was like, no, it's morbid. One day you'll have children. Tattoo those names with your own money. But you're not going to do that. Now, my husband didn't feel so strongly. My son, I didn't go to the tattoo situation, the whole experience. It's like Disneyland. They recorded it and everything. But he did the initials of his family. He wanted to him that was important. That is how he deals with his emotions. I am emotionally challenged. I don't want to see them. I don't, want to, I don't want to acknowledge. I don't want to see them. That's how I deal. But I have to allow people to admit. I have to admit it hurts. It's horrible. It stinks. It sucks. I think, we, I think God will be okay with us saying it sucks. But it doesn't. That's not where our story ends. ABCs. B. Borders. You have to have borders, establish borders now, boundaries, fence. I call it fences. Put a white picket fence around your heart, not walls to keep everybody away. Just a little fence to mark the property line. Do you know what I'm saying? So people know they need permission to walk through the little pretty gate and knock on the door. If you invited them, you open the door. Do you know what I'm saying? But establish those borders. So admit that it hurts. Acknowledge it. Then set borders. And put borders on yourself for other people. I know you want to do a lot. And if, if they could hear your advice, they, the Holy Spirit will come and reveal to them. And I know that you feel very strongly. But let's all trust the Holy Spirit to do what he does best. Would that be okay? Number C, oh, number C, number C. Okay, the letter C of the ABCs. C, for me, is Christ, community. My faith, community. Regardless if you believe in the Bible or not, if you believe that God is your Lord and Savior, if you're still shopping or you are insured, regardless if you're a human being, you need community. For me, the strength that I have found in my faith, community is everything. It was through you speaking. You were not even doing a whole teaching. It was a conference in Dallas, and they called you up, and you had just started mom to mom, fearless mom, and you said something like for five minutes, and I was sitting at that conference. I knew who you were. I knew who Lisa was with the fabulous hair, and I was just the Puerto Rican new girl there, and you said something about fear, and it was a workshop. It was an afternoon session. You don't cry in the afternoon sessions. You know what I'm saying? It's inappropriate. Totally inappropriate. I am bawling. I'm like breakthrough. Like, you know what I'm saying? The presence of God. Like there was no song. There was nothing. It was Julie. Being Julie. Funny. Talking about fear. And I realized since that moment, there was another level of healing for me. Because... I was being a better mom to my son but everything I did was motivated by fear. Every my prayers were motivated by fear. I never saw it until you said it. When you said it, I grabbed my husband and tears and I don't cry. I want to cry. It just don't come out. So I do this so people are not uncomfortable, but it just doesn't come out. I feel it on the inside. It just doesn't come. I mean, I I have a heart. I love my people. I just, that's not how it shows. But I'm talking bawling. But I never, I've never been the same. And if you know my, if you go to my church, they know. There was a day I was in a conference and this lady got up and it hit me. And it was something my husband had been praying for.
0: Gosh, I, I wish I knew what I
1: said. I know. I have my notes. I need I to mean, send you a picture of it.
0: Golly.
1: Yeah. So, so community. I need to is say it important. again sometime. And the ABCs is plural for me, so I had to put an S there. And for me, I know it's out of order. We have the same alphabet in Spanish. But you got to schedule your life in the middle of pain. Life is for the living. And I had to learn as long as I'm here, there's purpose and I'm a bad steward. If I don't live my life, I get it. I had to slow down, but I didn't stop. If you stop, you get stuck. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you not to run the sprint. There's seasons in life that man, we got a good face and we're killing it. Anybody killing it right now? Anybody kill? No, I'm killing it. I got no voice. I've been killing it. But there are seasons that it's like I'm dragging. But you know what? But I'm still moving. It's slow, but I'm moving. And I'm pursuing life. Life. Scheduling. There's safety in the routine. There's a safety in the routine. It's not that you're faking it. But there is something about having a plan. Till this day, when I go to bed... I have to have a plan for the next day. I have to. Even if my plan is to sit on the couch and do nothing but watch whatever series Lori Wilhite has just posted about (laughs) on Netflix. I have to have a plan. If not, a gloomy day will turn into a funky week. A funky week will go and it is, and we have codes. My husband will come in and he can smell it because they know, the same way you know him, he knows you. He will be like, funky? I said, just a day. Okay, we're on three days. And he's like, okay, it's time. My friends, I call them, how's the weather? That's our code. Because I can't say I'm having a bad day when I'm having a bad day. I can't say it. I can't. So I have a code. How's the weather? My friends know that means it's not a good day. I don't want to get out of my Jesus zone. So schedule your life and live. Live. Celebrate what you do have. Mourn the loss. Jesus cried when Lazarus died. He was about to go get fried chicken with Lazarus. He knew. The Bible said he was 100% man, 100% God. He knew he was going to resurrect Lazarus. And it's recorded that he cried. I'm sure that it's not the only time he cried. But it is recorded that he did. You know why? Who do we think we are that we're not going to cry? Where's that thing? Now, I don't cry, but I want you to cry. Because I'm crying on the inside. But mourn, mourn. And then dust yourself up, get up, and live. Cindy, thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for sharing your experience. I I'm it's so interesting to me that she doesn't cry and yet I made her cry. I know. I'm dying to know what I oh said. No, I know, I cry at the worst and the most inappropriate moments. That's when I cry. I mean, I wish I could remember what I said. I, I'm tempted to like make you cry again, just so.
1: Oh, yeah, no. No, I, no, don't, want, not really. not I don't want to
0: make you cry again. I like laughing with you. I thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank Guys, you can y'all put me. your hands together? Thanks, Cindy, for us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fearless Mom Podcast. Through every conversation, every practical tool, and every moment we can point a mom to hope, We are so honored and grateful to share it with you. And if you're loving these conversations, let your friends know. Tell them about the Fearless Mom podcast. It's the best way for moms to find out about our show. Also, we'd love it if you'd share a review or maybe leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on Instagram at fearless underscore mom to stay up to date on all things Fearless Mom on all news and all events. We'll see you next time. And remember, mom, you're not alone. We're all in this together.